This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, tonight I want you to turn to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, verse 38. And, you know, in thinking about the love of Jesus and the things we're singing about, for what I'm going to teach tonight, as a matter of fact, the title for your notes is, You Can Do the Works of Jesus. You Can Do the Works of Jesus. And you remember last, last Sunday night, if you were here Sunday night, I talked about things that accompany salvation. That's from Hebrews chapter 6 verse 8. said there's things that accompany salvation. And that means that we're born again, there's some things in our life that needs to be evident. That we're walking with God and God's walking with us. In Acts 1.8, Jesus said He sends the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, to us. And the Holy Ghost through us will help us be witnesses for Him. To let the world know, have proof to the world, that Jesus Christ died, but He didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. And we can prove He rose from the dead by doing the things that He did because He told us we could. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. And I'm, I'm thinking about... The goodness of God we sing about the songs we sing and the things we do. And I keep thinking about something that Brother Hagin used to teach and talk about. Uh, how many are familiar with the Old West, the wrenches, things they had when it was dinner time? They had that triangle thing up there. They clink, 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 clink. And all, and all the workers around the ranch would come running because it was dinner time. That was the bell to let them know it's, come, it's time to come and eat. Well, Brother Hagin said, he was back in those days, he said that healing is the dinner bell to salvation. And what I mean by that's this. When somebody's sick or they have a loved one that's sick, and you take the healing of the Lord Jesus Christ to them, that makes them want to feed on more of God. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus said, man shall live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I don't care how big, how bad they are, how much they act like they hate you as a Christian, everything like that, you get their baby healed, they're going to know Jesus. They're dead. Their, their mama laying there dying. And you take healing to mom, and mom comes off that deathbed, they're going to say, wow, you say Jesus did that? And that's what I mean by that healing is the dinner bell of salvation. The greatest preaching, the greatest witnessing may not get through to them, but you take healing to them or somebody they love, and you've got their attention. And so we as Christians need to know how to take healing to the sick. Amen. We can take salvation to the lost, but a lot of times you have to get healing to them first. I came to the kingdom of God through healing. I knew somebody was very, very, very sick, and the Lord got us to a Pentecostal church, and we got healing to her. She got healed. I gave my life to Jesus. Matter of fact, Robert was telling me a while ago, he's witnessed to a man he works with, and said, he said the biggest thing he's used yet that's got through to this man, he's talking about the healing that his pastor received three years ago for blood cancer and a heart attack. He said that really got that man's attention hearing that testimony. And so we, as believers, have to grow beyond the stage and just say, if I just get you to my church, my pastor pray for you and God will heal you. That's true. But how much better... For the Jesus in you, where they are to take healing to them on the job. Or at the family reunion. Or at the Walmart store. Or as you 
pay your bill at the, at, at the, uh, at the restaurant and get past social distance and all that kind of thing. As, as you go to give them a nice tip, hold their hand and say, can I pray for you? Have your least anointing into them. Amen. We are Jesus representatives here on the earth. And I'll tell you what, the earth is ripe for harvest right now. And one of the best things, Mrs. Pastor, you know the tool belt she was wearing the other day, had all the little things, example in it. One of the greatest things in our tool belt is these hands that are anointed. And these words connect up the Holy Spirit that are anointed. And so Acts 10.38, Acts 10.38 says this, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. When you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the power. It says, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. We have to realize in the spiritual realm, there's not just Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God and the angels of God. There's the devil and demons. And they're behind every bad thing that goes on in this world. It said, and all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And so for the last few weeks, I've thought about the anointing uh, some, and how as born-again believers, we all have the same Holy Ghost that Jesus had. And the same God that anointed Jesus is the one that anoints you. How many know there's one God? One Holy Spirit, one Holy Ghost, there's only one. And so in the New Testament church, if you're born again, the same Spirit that Jesus got, you got. Amen. The same God that's with Jesus is with you. And then besides that, Jesus said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. And then in Mark 16, says that Jesus works with us, confirming his word with signs following. And so I remember back in 1981, I was at a, at a pastor's missionary conference down at John Olstein's church in Houston, Texas. And T.L. Osborne, one of the greatest evangelists that were at the time, missionaries. he just come up from overseas where he held uh, rallies over there where they'd have hundreds of thousands of people everywhere. Come to those rallies, got lots of people healed. But he read that verse, and I like the way he said it. He said, if you're born again, spirit-filled believer, then you say how God anointed Dylan of Barstow with the Holy Ghost and with power. See, you can put your name in there. How God anointed Norma. How God anointed whatever your name is. You've got to see this as speaking to you personally. How God anointed Lawrence, anointed Lawrence of Fort Irwin with the Holy Ghost with power who went about doing good at healing. Amen. And <clears throat> so you need to see yourself in that. And now I want you to look at John chapter 14, verse 12. And we're talking about how you can do the works of Jesus. John 14, verse 12. How many believe the Bible is God talking to you? You take it personally? And I think about tithing. You know, we take that personally. We say when it says, bring you all the tithe in the storehouse, then you say, wow, God's talking to me. Well, John chapter 14, 12, God, through the person of Jesus Christ, said this about you and said this about me. John 14, verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And I want to point something out about that. You've got to get this. How many here, this is not a set up question. I don't set people up to try to embarrass you. This is just an honest question. 
Do you believe on Jesus? If you do, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You believe on Jesus. Okay, then Jesus said, he or she that believeth on me, Jesus said, the works that I do, the works that I do, shall he or she do also. And then he said, greater works even shall I do, because I go to the Father. And so, I want that to sink in. We're going to look at, we're going to look at one of the cases that Jesus had, and I, I, I looked at people years ago when I first got saved, I, I don't know if that's how I was taught it, or <clears throat> that's just how I learned it, but I learned that when God assigns me to help people in life, I caught my case. Now as a pastor, I mean, <laughs> I got, I got a whole lot of, whole lot of patience, a lot of people that are my case, but back in the days when Mrs. Pastor and I talked about a study, we used to go door to door. And God told us, we went to door to door witnessing before we were pastors, He told us, when you knock on the door, He says, say, is there any sick among you? And we had lots of things happen, and then sometimes in life, God would give us somebody that was a case that we had for a season. And somebody would say, hey, did you hear about so and so? We say, yeah, that's our case, we're working on them now. And so Jesus had cases. He had assignments, and God gives some of you cases. He says, people, some of them, they're a case where they're having a marriage disaster. Well, the anointing of God, the word of God, the love of God taught the right way can restore that marriage. we got some testimonies of that, don't we? It works. And so anyway, with this verse right here, if Jesus told us we could do the works he did, I call that things that accompany salvation, by the way. If he said we could do that, then we need to study how he did that. Does that make sense to you? If he said we could do what he did, let's see what he did and how he did it. So John fourteen twelve, you need to learn that verse. And so the will of God is for all believers to do Acts ten thirty eight. The will of God is for you to go about doing good. And all that are oppressed of the devil for God's with you. You need to be open all the time everywhere you go recognizing it's not you but it's the Jesus in you. Now go to Luke chapter 13. And we're going to look at Luke verse 10 through 17. And this is a, this is a really good to be detailed set of instructions from a case that Jesus had. And I know that I've, I've had many cases like this in my own life over the years. And, uh, you probably have too. And, you know, I just, I, I know this. I know that with Jesus, Give me a particular sermon to preach or to teach that there's people hearing it that are going to have the opportunity in the very near future to use it. You know, one thing there's not any shortage of in the world today is sick people. <laughs> the shortage is what Mrs. Patrick looked at from Matthew chapter 9, uh, that there's, there's plenty of work out there in the fields, but the laborers are few. Said the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. How many here made that confession with her Sunday about God use me? Amen. We all said that. And, you know, I I, I like what she said. She made it so plain. The only thing that stops a believer from doing what Jesus wants to do is called fear. You're afraid. What if they say no? If they say no, say next. Lord, show me the next one. If the next one says no, say, Lord, show me the next one. I can't tell you how many people, before I was a pastor, that Jesus used me to bring off a deathbed. 
How many miraculous healings took place of just people in my everyday life? I'd visit them in the hospital or I'd run into them, just meet them somewhere. Or somebody would ask me, they'd say, hey, uh, we heard that God used you. We come over here and pray for my mom. We come over here and pray for my uncle. We pray for my cousin. Hey, I've got a sick neighbor. You think you stop by and see him? And all those opportunities like that God gave me, I stepped through the door. And most of the time, the people received, they received from Jesus too what they needed. Amen? So remember, it says how Jesus went about doing good. Went about means he didn't just stay home praying. He went about. (laughs) Amen. And so Luke chapter 13, verse 10. And what I want to do, I think I'll read through this real quick. I think we've got time for that. Then I'll come back and I'll dissect and show you show you how he did what he did. It says, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, was bound together, and could no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. And I'm going to keep on reading through this. I want to point out to you. When we today, as Holy Ghost-filled preachers, we're up here ministering, all of a sudden I say, Doug, come up here a minute. Don't, don't do it. But I say, Doug, come up here. That's because the Holy Ghost in me showed me something he wants to do for Doug. Jesus saw this woman in the crowd. He says he called her up. And so, don't think it's strange. You know, I know there's a lot of churches that don't believe in that kind of thing and things like that. But if I'm going to do the works of Jesus... When I'm preaching, and Jesus shows me Dylan sitting there, and in my heart I know, call Dylan up, I'm going to do something for him. I'm going to say, Dylan, come up here. And then I'm going to be able to do what Jesus said. I've shown you how Jesus operated and what Jesus did. He called people out. And so in a Holy Ghost-filled church, we need to call people out. And then sometimes, on your job, God may have you give you a word for somebody on your job, or you may make your family union and have lots of people there, have casual acquaintances in your family that you haven't seen for years, have other people, and then all of a sudden, on the inside of you, you just know, i got to talk to him, i got to talk to him. You start getting nervous, and that fear comes. Well, they, they're going to they're, they're gonna say no, they're going to say no, they're going to tell you, get away, it's none of your business. But when the Holy Ghost and is on you, it's going to get on them too. And it may be somebody in your family that you've had problems with for years, but sometimes you need to call them up. Amen. If you're going to do the work. How many want to do the works of Jesus besides me? Amen. How many, and I, I want to say this in a right way, how many are tired of all the sick people in your family around you that you know that you know and you want to get it to them? Well, listen tonight and then just believe what Jesus said that what he did, you do also. There's things that he wants you to do. It's the will of God. When you see the Bible says something, it's the will of God. He said, the works that I do, if you believe in me, you'll do them too. And so you don't have to pray, Lord, is it your will to heal them? Jesus, what about doing good? Healing all the oppressed of the devil. So that takes care of the will part. It's his will to heal them. But there's ways and things that he has to do to open their eyes to see that he wants to heal them. And so, it says, uh, He called her up and said to her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. How long has she been over? Eighteen years. 
That's like arthritis of the spine or whatever it was. It was bad for 18 years. And so anyway, religious people got all, all stirred up in verse 14. They got all mad about it. Religious people still get mad about people like us that tell people Jesus wants them healed. People still get mad when we say God is going to do this for you. And they say things like, well, you're giving them false hope. You're doing this, do that. Well, well, mister, you're giving them no hope. At least we're giving them hope. But the thing is, we're giving them more than hope. We're obeying the Bible. We're getting them healed. So these religious people got mad and and unloaded on Jesus. And then Jesus said, verse 15, he answered and said, You hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his axe, his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these eighteen years be loosed this bond on the Sabbath day? And I'm going to come back to that in just a minute, but just there's so much in that verse right there, you've got to get this. Jesus was operating and ministering under the Abrahamic covenant. Under that covenant, there was blessings, there was curses, but that covenant was for the Jewish people. And so Jesus said, this woman is a daughter of Abraham, and healing belongs to her. Well, we as New Testament Christians now, we're in the New Testament, and Hebrews 8, 6 is a verse you might want to write down. Hebrews 8, 6 says, we've got a better covenant than the old covenant. We've got better promises. And so I said that to say this, the more you know your covenant, the more competent you pray for people. Those religious people got mad and Jesus said, this woman's a daughter of Abraham. Satan's oppressing her and she ought to be healed because she's under the covenant. She's a Jew. Well, today, every human being has a right to be healed because of what Jesus did. Amen. And I'll tell you something that you may not realize it's so easy to get healing to a sinner. I don't let my experience know by the Word of God. Jesus wants people healed so they can serve Him. And I'll tell you what, you pray for somebody that knows nothing about God, the power of God flows. That is just, <laughs> that is like 210, three phase electricity. It goes into them and God gets their attention and then you tell them, Jesus did that. Amen. And so that's part of the new covenant. Healing belongs to us. And so then it says, And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. And so I want you to notice this. You know, a lot of people say sometimes, like, well, I'm suffering for the glory of God. Nobody rejoices and praise God because you're hurting. You get healed, they rejoice. You get healed, they give glory to God. You know, I, I think I think about what I went through, what Robert was talking about. When I went through the things I went through, nobody was praising God because I was hurting and going through those things. But I'll tell you what, they sure jumped and shouted when I got all my clean bills of health. That's where, that's where they rejoice. And so we have to understand that healing is the will of God. Jesus is in heaven. We're on earth. The Bible says that we're the body of Christ and he's the head of the body. And so the head gives directions and tells the body what to do. The head said, preach the gospel to every creature. The head said, cast out devils. The head said, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. The head's in heaven. The body's on earth. We've got the hands. 
We've got the feet. The Holy Ghost is not in heaven now. Jesus the Father, it says Jesus sent the Holy Ghost to earth. The Holy Ghost is in us. We're anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. We've got what it takes to do it. And you just need to say, Jesus, give me the boldness to step out tomorrow. This person on my job, I've been wanting to talk to him. I've been wanting to talk to him. And just say, Satan, I bind you in Jesus' name. Fear. God, give me the spirit of fear. Get off me in Jesus' name. I'm taking healing because Jesus said, the works that he did, what I do also, I'm taking healing to these people today. Amen. Amen. And so I want to go back and look over this now. And I want to study this real case that Jesus had. And so verse 10, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And so I want you to notice that the first thing Jesus always did was to share the word of God. And there's a purpose for that. To create an atmosphere of faith. And every hospital call I've ever made, especially I used to do a lot of hospital calls when I was single before I married Mrs. Pastor, had a family stuff, but I used to bet every time I'd hear the word sick, I'd say, where are they at? And I'd do all the hospitals, how to get in, how to get out quick, and do what I did. And I carried a little Bible in my pocket, and the first thing I always did when I walked into the hospital room, whether it was a Christian, whether it was a lost person, I would talk to them. I'd open up my Bible, so let me share some things from the Word of God with you. How does faith cometh? Hearing what? And so, unless somebody is so far gone that you can't physically talk with them where they're conscious to hear you, the Spirit will hear you anyway. But unless they're so far gone, you need to open up the Bible, share some verses, and then if they're able to see, hold up their face there and say, can you read that, what that says? And a lot of times what I would take it to is Mark chapter 16. I'd say, see what it says right here? It says, believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And I let them see that their own eyes, and I created faith in their heart for the Word of God. You understand what I'm saying? It says Jesus was in the synagogue teaching. He was teaching from the Old Testament the goodness of God for healing, deliverance, for victory. And so once I get a person to see that, they had a basis for their faith. And so I'd say this to them. I'd say, I'm a believer, and you're sick. And I'd say, do you see that? Yeah, I'm sick, and... You're a believer. I say, okay, now, this is my hands. I say, do you mind if I put my hand on you? I'd lay my hand on them, and if it's a a spot I could touch that was okay, like it was a head or an arm or belly or something I could touch, I'd say, let me lay my hand on you. And I would say, now, Jesus is going to do what he said he would do. Jesus said, if I lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. That's called the works of Jesus. That's the works of Jesus. I'd lay my hand on the person, and I would pray, and I'd say I'd have to say almost a hundred percent of the time something instantly happened, where at least they felt the anointing. And the ones that didn't reject it, they ended up receiving their healing, no matter what the what the sickness was or what it was. And you know, I think I think about people that aren't used to hearing, hearing teaching like this. All I'm doing is teaching the Bible. I'm teaching what Jesus said. Jesus said, if we believe on Him, what He did, we do. Amen. Is that sinking in? Are you getting this? Okay, now as I look at this story right here, this true story, this case that Jesus had, I want you to take off your baby Christian glasses. 
and look through the mature Christian glasses. Don't look at yourself as the woman that's sick. Look at yourself as the believer that's bringing healing to the sick lady. See, that's one thing that I think pastors sometimes, maybe because they don't know better or they haven't been taught themselves, they keep people at a babyhood stage always tell them they have to come to the pastor for prayer instead of teaching the people they've got the same spirit the pastor does, they've got the same Bible, they've got the same power of God that the pastor does, and they can take it to somebody else. You see what I'm saying? And so, so many times, because we've got losing mentality, we always see ourselves, oh, I'm the woman with the issue of blood. Why can't you be the man or the woman with the anointing of your clothes? And let, let the woman with the issue of blood touch you. I'm no better preaching than you are shouting. You know, you're never going to rise to the level of victorious Christian until you start seeing yourself as the victor over Satan and sin. When you see yourself as the victor instead of the victim, then you're going to have a different mentality about praying for people, and you're not going to try to figure out, well, what if nothing happens? Well, according to Jesus, something's going to happen. I'm going to stick with Jesus when he said, what I did, you can do. When he said you received power in Acts 1-8, you received the Holy Ghost in power, you can do what I did. I'm going to stick with that. Amen. And so the first thing that Jesus always did was he got faith into their hearts by teaching. Then look at verse 11 and verse 12. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. She was bowed together. In other words, she was bent over in a frozen position, could no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And so this, this is where it comes in. If you're really going to do the works of Jesus, now listen, I don't want to lose you now. I want to make sure you're really tuned in right now. How would Jesus know, since she's just a woman out there in the congregation, how would he know this woman had a spirit of infirmity 18 years? Through a word of knowledge? Our discerning the spirits, that's something against the spirits we've talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so the woman, although her physical body was frozen in that position for 18 years, the woman didn't need healing. She delivers from a demon spirit called the spirit of infirmity. That's called the Holy Spirit in you, showing you what to do. Do you remember the verses, if you hear for the, some of the lessons on taught on anointing, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, says you have an unction, an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. And he said that anointing abides with us. We have the anointing with us, and when we get a case from God, we don't need just to go in and just say one size fits all. One size doesn't fit all. Sometimes people that need healing actually need a demon cast out first. But everybody that's sick doesn't have a demon. Sometimes they're sick because of natural disease. I remember one time that we had our door-to-door ministry up in, was up in Noblesville, Indiana. That was many years, probably ten years before we pastored. We were up there going door-to-door. We, we, we didn't have a lot of kids at the time. We had a lady watch our kids for us. We'd go door to door. So I'd get off work. We'd go door to door. 
We'd just go knocking on people's doors. We'd pray where to go. We'd go knocking on doors. We knocked on this door in this little old poor part of town. And uh, when we knocked on the door, this lady came to the door and answered the door. Some of you have heard this story. Some of you haven't. But this lady answered the door and we said, Hi, I'm Bernie. This is my wife, Janice. We're Christians. Is there any sick in your house? Jesus wants to heal you if you're sick. And the woman had had a stroke. And she was paralyzed on one side. She was blind to one eye. And she was, you know, back when you're young like that, somebody's 50 looks old, so I don't know. She looked old to me, but she's probably about 50. And so anyway, the woman told me that she was a church member at a church in town there and that nobody come to see her or anything, et cetera, et cetera. And said, said, I've been praying God would send me somebody to pray for me. And so we said, well, we're here. And so anyway... She told us about the stroke, and I went to do what we're taught to do. I read Mark 16. I said, you're the sick. We're the believers. We're going to pray for you. And I went to touch her, and then on the inside of me, the Holy Ghost said, don't pray for her. It's a spirit of infirmity. That's the first time I've ever had one of those like that. And so immediately I do this story here from Luke 13. I'll wait till I get your attention back again. <laughs> I don't want to lose you at the most critical part. You, you know, you got to watch out for distractions. You know, so many times at a service, if, if somebody starts coughing or a baby starts crying or something happens and you get distracted, that could be the very time that God was talking right to you. And then you go home and somebody says, wow, wasn't that awesome what he said? And you say, well, I didn't hear him say that. When did he say that? Well, that's when you was watching the cougher. <laughs> Or the baby. so Or the cell phone. And so anyway, the Lord said, don't pray for her. It's a spirit of infirmity. And so because I've studied Jesus' teachings so much, I knew what to do. I just pointed my finger at her. I said, you spirit of infirmity, you loose her and let her go come out of her now in the name of Jesus. I didn't pray for healing. And when I said that, the woman started crying. And she said, I'm tingling all over. And the paralyzed side started working. And then her eye, her sight came back. The works that I do shall you do also greater. And so the thing is, I want you to get out of this. You need to ask the Holy Ghost on every case you get. Lord, what's going on here? How do you want to minister? What do you want to do? And as you're walking with Jesus in everyday life. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you case by case what to do. And I've had other people that had strokes and things where it wasn't a demon. It's simply laying hands on them, release the anointing of God, the power of God came into them. And what am I talking about tonight? I'm talking about you can do the works of Jesus. But if you're going to do the works of Jesus, you got to follow Jesus and know how Jesus did what he did. Think about that. you got a crowd out here. And then Jesus knows this woman's had that disease. For 18 years. He saw her and he called her up. And the first thing he says, a woman, you're loose from your infirmity. In other words, he said, devil, get out of here and go in Jesus' name. And what I've learned about that spirit of infirmity, I've seen, I've seen people, and because I wasn't allowed to be in on the case, I've seen people, they say, well, they're going to take the gallbladder out now. They say, that's what it is. Well, the other organs were having no problem. They cut the gallbladder out. And then a month later, find out that problem moved to another organ. 
say, well, they say it's got to be this, they're going to cut this out. And they just keep on taking parts after parts after parts out because it was the spirit of infirmity traveling from the body. And so it'd go from one part to the other part, but what they needed to do was get that oppressive spirit off of them till they got healed. It takes spirit-filled believers walking with Jesus know how to really help people. Can you understand what I'm saying? And, you know, I just want to say this for each and every one of us. I want our church to do all that God wants us to do. And in our church, like that song Mrs. Pastor had that was saying the other day about this war we're in, we're in a real spiritual warfare. And we're not just ordinary people. You know, I think what the Lord told me years ago about the difference between a, between a, between a anointed preacher and a politician's. Politicians speak a lot of words, but there's no anointing. Preachers speak a lot of words, but there's anointing. Our words that are anointed for the Word of God brings life. You're a believer. There's a lot of people out there who have the gift of gab, and they say a lot of stuff, they wear you down. Well, you're a believer. You've got anointed words. You've got the gospel that comes out of your mouth. It's not the gift of gab. And when God uses you, there's anointing comes out. Amen? Amen. And so... The point out of this is this, that you need to listen to Jesus in you how to help this person he wants to help. Amen. Amen. So anyway, and so then it says this. It says that, uh, he said, woman, you're loose your infirmity. And then he laid his hands on her. Well, I thought he just had to cast the devil out. Then he laid his hands on her. And me, she made straight and glorified God. Well, get a hold of this. How many know there's anointing in the hands of a believer. Do you do y'all believe you got anointing in your hands? Amen. Jesus didn't say lay your feet on them. He didn't say lay your head on them. He said put hands on them. He said lay your hands on them; they shall recover. There's anointing in the hands of a believer. So get a picture. This woman for 18 years. For 18 years. And Jesus said it was a demon spirit called a spirit of infirmity that had that lady like that. Well, after 18 years, her back hadn't straightened up, that all those parts around it, all the tendons, ligaments, and everything else, all those joints, everything had been frozen for 18 years. Well, he took care of the devil problem. Then she needed some Holy Ghost oil to lubricate those joints. Some lubrication. I think about Dave working on the old tractors. I bet you Dave's got some old tractors sometimes where he got things fixed and put some oil in there to get those things moving again, didn't you? Amen. Amen. Mechanics know that. And so it's the same thing with the human body. Although the problem wasn't an organic sickness, it was a demon spirit, still things hadn't worked for 18 years. So it says, he said, woman, you're loosed. That means the devil was gone. And then he said he laid hands on her. He laid hands on her says immediately she was made straight. Because then the anointing went in and caused everything to free up. Do you see how this works? I talk about us as believers. Jesus said the works that he did, we're supposed to do also. I just, I just praise God that I had a pastor 41 years ago taught me how to do this. And I've walked in for 41 years. And because I'm not looking to me as the great one that gets people healed, I'm looking to me as the obedient one that obeys the Bible, what Jesus had to do, and Jesus used me to heal people. Amen? Nobody ever got healed because I was a preacher. Because people got healed through me a long time before I was a preacher. Now they get healed through me when I pray for them because I'm a believer, 
that believes the Bible, and then God used me as a preacher to preach to preach to crowds, and you've got the same thing that Jesus had. I've got the same thing. Amen. And so anyway, this woman that was made straight and glorified God, and so I get down to verse sixteen. I just want to repeat this again. And ought not this woman, being daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these eighteen years? Think about Acts ten thirty-eight with that verse there. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about to do good healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Not God. All that were oppressed of the devil. All that were oppressed of the devil. And Jesus said, Satan's the one that's had this woman like this for 18 years. Too many times, Christians, because they've been religiously brainwashed, instead New Testament taught, can't figure out, was this something God's doing? Or is this the devil? If it's sickness and disease, it's the devil. Until you get that settled in your heart and in your thinking, you will not minister with confidence to the sick. Now, the person may have opened the door for the devil, but what's the blood of Jesus for? What's repentance for? So sometimes the first thing you've got to do when it's obvious they're the ones through seed time and harvest, they sold wrong things, they got a wrong harvest, the sick harvest didn't come from God. It came from the devil. So sometimes the first thing you got to do is say, well, have you asked the Lord to forgive you of that yet? Are you willing to walk away from that sin? Are you willing to make it right with God? Commit your heart to Jesus now and say you're going to follow Jesus and let Him know it and meet it from your heart, not just a con job. And I'll tell you what, if you believe that forgiveness works for you, how many believe forgiveness works for you if you said yes, that, that you get clean? Well, why wouldn't it work for who, in your opinion, would be the ugliest, meanest person in your life that did the most horrible things if you lead it to that same prayer? And when that happens, he makes them white as snow. Things wash away. And then, and then you can pray for healing for him. And then, of course, sometimes in situations like that, it may be hard to get it to them because they may have got themselves too far out there. But the main thing is, that's how you operate in this thing. You remember the woman that was caught in adultery? What did Jesus say? He said, woman, where's your accusers? She said, Lord, there are none. He said, I'm not going to accuse you either. He said, but go and sin no more. He told her what to do. And so we as Christians have to know, we've got an awesome tool belt. We've got the gospel. We've got healing. We've got deliverance. We've got hands we can pull out at any time and use these hands. And what we do, healing's going to flow every time, every time, every time. And but just one more caution on that. Just because it flows every time doesn't mean it's received by the one on the receiving end either. You know, but I know this. I know this from the Word of God. Every time I pull these out and I touch the sick, healing flows. If they got a wall up or a blockage that they can't receive it, it wasn't on God's end. It wasn't on my end. I did my part. And then I just go away just praising God, thanking Him, the healing power of God's working in them, and do my best to get them to believe what we did. Amen? And so we just close with this. The works that Jesus did 
you can do also an even greater work because he went to the Father and he sent the Holy Ghost to us. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.